I'm, I'm going to say it just like him. Are you ready for this? Saludos and salutations, Broncos country. What's up, guys? Hey, welcome to Broncos Talk with myself uh, at Broncos Viking and Richie Rich A. What's up, guys? John can't be here tonight. He's working some overtime. So, you know, I mean, it's 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 sad. We miss him. I, you know, I, I feel like I feel like we're shorter. I feel like we're short tonight. He's the only one that can really give us that thin air perspective. <laughs> well, yeah, and you get that. I feel like we're short tonight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we're at, we are one host short on the show tonight, but that's okay because in about about a half hour or so, Mr. Glenn Hauser will also be joining us to have a a really fun uh, a really fun show. So once again, everybody, welcome to Broncos Talk. We are a fan based Broncos podcast that goes live every Tuesday at 7654 on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Please like, subscribe, share, hit that notification bell so that you know when we go live on MH on you can see it below on MHRT podcasts on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch. All right. We are very excited about this because hey Rich, what's happening this week? I don't know. Oh come on. You're killing me. You're killing me. No, this is really. Uh... That's right. Huh. So this is really the start of football. This is where you really start get into the nitty gritty of things. This is where you start seeing those that step up, those that don't, that kind of stuff, and uh, away we go. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, hey, we got <laughs> it's football. Football's back, man. Like it's training camp, um, and you know, um, all the uh, the veterans the veterans reported today, right? Uh, the the rookies have been there for a few days. The quarterbacks, I believe, had to go had to be there on Monday, or maybe it was Sunday. No, the, yeah, the quarterbacks had to be there Sunday, and the veterans reported today and tomorrow. They should be starting actual practice, and it's been we've had we've had some press conferences today with the coach, you know, with Coach Fangio with. With uh, Joe Ellis, the CEO and president, we've had uh, we've had uh, another press conference with um, George Payton, with uh, Vaughn Miller, and with uh, Cortland Sutton. It's been it's been a lot of fun. So um, already we have some in the comments. We have quite a few in the comments already. We've got Shadow Jacker in the house, Dave Full Glassman, the Boss Man Mundungus Creevy. We got, uh, let's see, who else is in the in the house tonight? Robert Royball says, Broncos country! Um, and we have uh, the, bo- the boss man says, I'm so excited for football to be back. That's right. That is, that, that is I, I, I couldn't be more excited to, for, for football to be coming back. Um, uh, Mile High Profit in the house says, brothers and sisters, football season is upon us. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Had to do it that way. Had to. There, there is a few amens. Yes, there are. Robert Royball shouts amen. Uh, the boss man shouts amen. And apparently, uh, according to uh, High Prophet, I also give a pretty good Adon impression. So I'm okay. I'm okay with that. I'm. I'm. I, I unfortunately can't give a good uh, height comparison. However, um, <laughs> but that's about it. A lot of um, thing. Um, or stilts. Um. <laughs> All right, yeah, you know what, jerk. <laughs> oh, snap. Anyway, 
We have um, we have Travis Tarbox in the house on fa- on Facebook. Hello, fellas, Denver Broncos for life. Vic's in the house. Happy Tuesday, folks, and amen. Man, this is and no, Robert, this is not apple juice in the boat in the boot. No, it's beer, my friend. I drink in pod. Uh, anyway. So let's get it started, guys. So, training camp, it's here. It is upon us. This is, I mean, technically training camp started today, but we haven't actually got, they've not actually gotten on the field. You know, we haven't got to see any of that. So I would say today is the last MHRT podcast of the offseason. What did you say? Yeah, I agree. Because come the uh, MHRT podcast show on Thursday... There will actually be things to talk about, to break down things that we've been able to see. Um, Mile High Prophet says, hope to see many of you at training camp tomorrow or this weekend. Oh, you know, I, I, I wish I could, Prophet. I wish I could. But duty calls, duty calls. I got to work. I can't make the trip to Colorado. <laughs> and Rich, I'm, I'm sorry. You're just you're just stuck in a whole other country. Yeah, actually, uh, <laughs> I have to check. They kept on going back and forth on the border. I'm not sure the U.S. will let me in. I, I I don't know. I mean, it might just be because they take one look at you and they automatically realize, uh, uh, hell no. But uh, no. <laughs> it's happened before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So anyway, it's here. Training camp is here. So let's get into it. So what are you, mo- Rich? What are you most excited about for training camp? Uh, I'd say for me, I'm most excited about to uh, to start getting some information on on the offense and and more importantly, how some of the guys are moving. Um, we we had so many injuries last year um, on mostly the defensive side of the ball, but also a couple on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, mm-hmm. I really want to see where those guys are at, how they're moving, how they're looking, and more importantly, and I think this is going to be a big telltale for us. How much work are they allowed to do? Like, how, like, what are our coaches allowing some of these guys to do when they get into camp? So I think that'll be rather telling to kind of get a really good idea in terms of where guys like Albert O and uh, even Cortland Sutton on the offensive side of the ball are at after their injuries last year. Well, I mean, in Cortland, you know, uh, just to reference Cortland Sutton, he, I, I literally just like right before we went live, fi- finished watching um, his portion of today's press conference. And he, and, and he said in his presser, that he's like 99%. And the, the only 1% he needs is the actual on the field football, like real football play is what he needs to, to, to finish. So, you know, that's that it, it's super exciting to see court, you know, court uh, is, is really pumped. He did, he did say in that presser, he's like, I do have to, I do want to be careful too. He's like, I don't want to be overly careful, but I want to be careful because I haven't taken a hit in a, in like a year. He's like, and you know, that's, I don't want to, I don't, I also don't want to, you know, be underprepared and get hurt again. So, I mean, I think he's coming at it. I think he's coming out of this injury. I think he's coming at it really um, one maturely. That's a really mature way to look at it. Like, cause I mean, I don't know if you felt the same way, but I felt like when um, Bradley Chubb came back from his injury uh, la- uh, year before last, last year, or last year. Yeah. Last year. Last year. I felt like he was being very, like he was playing timidly. 
right, you know, out the gate, he was just, it was kind of like he was being cautious, but I think he was being too cautious, which is fine. I get, you don't want to get hurt again, but at the same time, this is professional football, you know? So I, I really hope that court keeps up with what he said in his presser and plays, plays carefully, but doesn't play too, too carefully because at the same time he does still have, we do, you know, there's a lot still expected of him. Well, the one thing you don't want is a wide receiver to play cautiously because they, when you play like that, it particularly, I, I would, I'm going to lean more towards the offensive side of the ball here. You run the risk of getting really hurt, like badly, yeah. right? Yeah. Because you would normally go full tilt and then you maybe hesitate to kind of make a cut and then mm-hmm. you can, uh, just all sorts of things can go wrong on the offensive side of the ball that way. At least on the defensive side of the ball, when you don't go full tilt or try to push, you know, maybe as hard as you normally would, what you're all you're doing is you're basically just acting as a minor roadblock for the opposing team. You're not really um, risking as much in terms of getting injured on the defensive side of the ball when you're going, say, something like half speed. Right, and I mean, it, it, you really need to, you you really really need to be able to keep up. You know, you have to be able to keep up, plain and simple. And it, what it just really comes down to is, yes, play careful. You were hurt. We get that. You you literally had a season-ending injury, and it was bad. And it's the kind of injury that, if not treated properly, you can you can easily re-injure. But at the same time, don't be so careful that you come across as weak or timid, because that isn't going to help the team at all. I think you got muted there, brother. Yeah, there we no, go. No, no, yeah, you're right. You know, uh, you know, I think I think that's the most important thing that I want to see from court since he's literally saying right now I'm 100% or I'm 99%. All I need is that 1%, which is the on-field play. If he's saying that, I'm going to believe him. I just want him to, like, be careful, but not too careful. So there's that. Um, going back, jumping back to our um, to our comments here. We have Mundungus who said he is very excited to hear basically a result. I lost you, Rich. A resolution to the ownership problem. Uh, sounds like it will be solved by the end of the season, beginning of the off season. Uh, yeah, it's it, it, that, that's kind of the. I think that's the biggest news of the day. Um, is that basically right now Joe Ellis says the team is not for sale. That's he literally said the team is not for sale. As of right now, it seems like the the um, they're trying to the the, the lawsuit's been dropped. And they're trying to come to a internal resolution to keep to hopefully keep it in the family. Do you know? Do you know who mentioned that on our pod? And I hadn't thought of this as an angle before. And I'm betting you it's probably what's come to you know behind the scenes agreement is future earnings. So I believe it was Nick Kendall when he was on with the MHRT. Mm-hmm. He came on and started saying. You know, one thing that could have come on the table is future earnings, and I hadn't really thought about that as an angle before. He is dead on. I mean, he is. He was dead on. This team is going to earn so much more with an owner than it is under the provision, the provisional um, leadership of a trust. Right. It's it's it makes it tough, and plus, it makes it a lot more a lot easier for the Broncos to get bullied by the NFL, as we saw last season. I guarantee you, I 100% guarantee you that if the the Broncos, if the Broncos had had a strong owner last season, 
the the uh, week twelve against the Saints, that debacle never would have been a thing. I, I agree with that. Um, you know, it, it, you know, because no owner would have allowed um, Roger Goodell and the rest of the NFL to step all over us the way they did, especially when they had been making concessions for so many other teams who had done the same dang thing. Well, in addition it's, to that, you have to you also have to remember is that each of the individuals of the other quarterbacks in the room tested negative every single day. And the the only thing that the league needed to do is wait one more like one more day and then the others would have been potentially cleared to play. So right. um, you know, I mean there, there's so much um real quick we'll, we'll continue on this, but we got Mo Bad in the house. Says sup family. Uh, we got uh, and we got Dave, uh, Mr. Boggins, our fellow MHRTer, in the house, saying, "I'd say the odds that the Broncos are sold is a lot more likely than Brittany being the sole owner." I agree with you, Boggins. However, I mean, one thing that um, I don't know if you caught it. One thing that Joe Ellis was very adamant about was that, or not adamant, but he did he did mention in there was that um, if if one of the Bolin children, which the, the most likely front runner is Brittany. Um, if one of the Bowling children was to take over, you know, take over, there would have to be pro- um, provisions in place. There would be agreements between the between the siblings. Um, so I don't, I don't think, she, I don't think she would be the sole owner entirely. But I do think that she might, like, she would maybe get have like the uh, controlling fifty one percent. Yeah, like fifty one percent controlling the controlling. Uh, yeah, you know, stakes. So. Um, the, the other thing is that you can do, uh, depending on how they organize it, you could also set it up where um, Brittany is the uh, veto vote. Uh, yes. But you, and, and that would still make her, and I would imagine, I, I'd have to see the NFL's, uh, they put out a document uh, two years ago, wow. and, they, and they really updated it to penalize teams like the Broncos um, last year uh, to basically have it come into effect. This year. You have to yeah, see yeah. if they allow they have you have to see if they allow for a veto vote to be deemed the controlling owner. Um, and if that holds true, then Brittany could be the figurehead and make the have the veto vote and be seen as the kind of the main person of the NF by the NFL. And that could well have also been an option as it pertains to settling the suit and also allowing the team to move forward and stay within the Bullen family and not be sold. Yeah, and you see, like right here, Dave Glassman says what I was trying to say, and I just couldn't think of the words right. He said we don't need a sole owner, but we need a majority owner, and that yes, absolutely, I agree. And like that was even one of the things back when like it was being uh, touted all over Twitter and stuff like that. Uh, Peyton Manning should step up and become owner. Well, he's not worth as much as the team. You know, he can't buy the team outright. He's not worth that much, but he could become the majority owner with uh, with some backing of you know some partners. You know, but same thing. Brittany might not become sole owner, but she could become majority owner with the siblings, you know, the, the rest of the siblings behind her. I mean, I'm just saying they need, there will need to be some concessions that they drop the lawsuit, which means that they're willing to sit down and try to work this out. Hope, hopefully, I, I would honestly just hope that it's in the interest of trying to keep the family together. You know, like, you know, oh, guys, we're, we're, we're brothers and sisters. I, I know that's not, that's that, probably that not. I'm not so sure about it. <laughs> yeah, probably not. I would love to think that because I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm an optimistic, my, my heart is so full of sunshine kind of guy. But, uh, 
But you know what it what it really comes down to is we we need an owner. Plain and simple. Okay. NFL ownership rules require there be a designated primary owner for the purposes of voting at owners' meetings. That's just they that, don't that figure had a, a, a veto vote, however you want to word it. That's exactly what that. Well, I mean, look, because because look at look what the franchise is worth. The franchise is worth over three billion dollars. Correct. There aren't that many people on planet Earth that can afford a, the, a three billion dollar price tag. So I mean, unless you're Elon Musk deciding to buy the Denver Broncos, which we all know is he's not going to do. You know, I mean, there's not really anyone that can afford to be the sole owner. Right. You know, as, with what the team is worth at this time, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, profit with the big brain says Dave Glassman. Um, and there it is. The lawsuit has already been dismissed. Not sure if they can refile it. It's a civil, it's a civil, uh, I know a little bit, quite a bit about law just because I worked, um, I worked with the, the police department for many years. Um, they can refile a civil suit. It's actually incredibly easy to refile a civil suit. So, yeah, the, <laughs> profit. Hey, even a broken clock is right twice a day. <laughs> That's right. Going back up here. Um, I had one that I wanted to pull. Okay, here we go. Mundungus um, was saying the Broncos would have to get a waiver from the NFL to have Brittany be the sole owner. But they don't if she is just majority, which is what it looks like is going to happen. She is, I mean, whether or not, you know, Beth Bolin or any or any of the others want want to have something to say about it, Brittany is currently the one in the position to, you know, she's been she's been wor- working with the organization. She's got she's well established within the organization at this point. She is the front runner. And and, and so I, I think I think ultimately that's probably what is going to happen. So primary primary ownership is probably what I think they're going to go for. But uh, Ellis did say that there is that, that sale for sale is off the table at, at this time. This team is not for sale. Um, and then he went on to say that we probably won't hear much about the ownership situation over the next six months. Like he, he literally pretty much. Um, he pretty much said we will not really be revisiting or, you know, you know, coming to a decision on ownership until, uh, he said that Vic Fangio promised that the season wouldn't be over for us until February. So that's a pretty uh, bold statement from Vic Fangio through, through our CEO and president. But he said that we, they would, we would probably not even hear anything until February of 2022. So, I mean, we might hear little whispers through the grapevine over the next few months on the ownership situation, but I doubt we're going to get any kind of true resolution until after this season's over. I think it's, well, I also think that one of the, maybe one of the conditions of dropping this suit that they all kind of came to agreement to say, this is not a good uh, look for the team. So I can, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's awful looking. Um, Going up here, I saw one. All right, here we go. Dave, Dave, full Glassman, our our resident optimist. Can we get the that? Can we get the Rogers is out of the talk, out of the picture talk, out of the way? All right. So for those that haven't heard, for the for those that haven't heard, uh, it's kind of shocking, but. (laughs) 
Aaron Rodgers is officially returning to Green Bay at least for the 2021 season. So those of you that want to jump in this chat and talk about, let's get Rodgers in Denver. Stop it. Stop it right now. It's not happening. (laughs) Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers have come to terms. Don't know what those terms are yet. They haven't been laid out. But he officially reported to training camp. He is there. And he is going to be suiting up in the in green and yellow for at least for the next for the, for the next you know this next season. Now after that, he could be off and you know he could he could trade uh, you know make, get his trade wherever he wants. I don't know how all that's going to work, but as of this moment for 2021, Aaron Rodgers is a no go for trading to the Denver Broncos. So let's just let's just table that conversation if we could. Leads. The <laughs> the dog beat me to the Rogers talk. Okay, well you know I did my best. Okay, <laughs> and I lost my uh, my co-host there. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on. So we'll just keep on talking about Aaron Rodgers and the quarterback situation for now. Um, Mile High Prophet says ride with Locke. And yes, for the you know at this point. It doesn't really look like much else is going to happen. Do you think, Rich? No, my dog doesn't much care for Aaron Rodgers, as you could tell. Uh, Bronco no. was brought upstairs. Uh, he just said uh, something about he likes quarterback competitions. I don't know what that was about. Oh, did you? Um, please tell me you kenneled him after that. Oh, I sent him upstairs. He's grounded. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, uh, I mean, some interesting things with Aaron Rodgers is that Aaron was, was obviously, it seems like what he's done is he's kind of pulled up a little bit of a Tom Brady, as I understand it, where he has basically given himself this year and an out at the end. Yeah, and I mean, and again, they have not laid out what the terms are yet of his contract going into the season. But one thing we do, one thing that I believe what I understood was he's not getting paid anymore than he was before. He didn't get extra money. And he definitely didn't get his uh, little, uh, you know, his temper tantrum desire of uh, getting a uh, out, you know, outed uh, out of the building. So I'm not sure what terms they came to, but they apparently came to terms. He reported to training camp and he will be in green and yellow for, for the 2021. Well, I, I don't think it's a stretch. I mean, he was, Aaron was, was quite clear in the fact that he felt that the team wasn't treating him and other players you know, well, and there was no respect. With, with respect. Yeah, with respect, right? So he would. He, I think I got as I understood it. He was basically saying, "Look, like if you're bringing in a quarterback, like that's cool, but you know, I have a phone and it works. You know, so can you call it?" And I mean, and I think the team, and then like, I think the team was basically saying, "No, we're good." And then he says, "Well, then I guess we're good." And he said, "So I'll come back for this year. Here's the new thing." You're not going to basically treat your players or the rest of it. I'm out. And then he says, so here's here's the new terms. If you want me to show up this year, otherwise I'll retire. And man, can I make your life uh, unpleasant? Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, and the only the only <laughs> interesting part is how much time has been spent across the league talking about all of his, you know, his of his peacocking and standing up and doing, you know, and being being firm as a you know stone firm where you know on his position for the last several months only to have him fold it you know, basically fold in the end 
you know, basically all the things that he was demanding or all the things, you know, he just kind of like, all right, you know what? I'm coming back. And I mean, it, it just, Ain't nobody got time for that. you know, it, it, it's been rough. It's been, it's been, it's made for a lot of interesting conversation over the past few months. But ultimately in the end, I mean, it's kind of like, dude, why did we even bother? Like, why, why did you even bother? You, you you lost out on me. Granted, he doesn't need the money. The guy's got so much freaking money, he doesn't even know what to do with it. No, but, I think his biggest thing right now is he has he has what what 90 plus percent of football players never get. Yeah. Full control. He yeah. has the ability right now at the end of this season to say, you can't tag me. You can't stop me from leaving. I can go where I want to go. And he can start doing kind of the Peyton Manning roundabouts and kind of narrow down a list of maybe three or four teams, really get serious and go from there. And that really is something that, I mean, there's been, what, two or three football players that I can recall that have really ever had that as a true option. And let's also be honest, he still has probably in a good four or five years, maybe if he wants to. Left oh, easily. Play left, easily. Right? I mean, the one thing you have to look at Rodgers right now when you compare him to Peyton, uh, even Peyton Manning, and then if you want to go to more recent, uh, like recency bias, look at uh, Tom Brady, is Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers has a way stronger arm at this point in his career than either of the other two quarterbacks that I mentioned. Right, right. So he has a, like, he's up here and he has the ability to fall all the way to here before he's at kind of where those other two are at at the same age, right? Right. I mean, it- it's been, like I said, it's made for some pretty cool talks and some pretty cool hypotheticals and stuff over the past few months. But, like I said, at this point, ain't nobody got time for that. Like I want to talk about, you know, we, let, let's talk about, you know, the, let's talk about our team, right? So now that we we breached the quarterback situation with Aaron Rodgers, let's just roll right into Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater, right? Sure. Yeah. If you don't mind, I mean, so. We're going to put that to bed, y'all. Aaron Rodgers is not coming to Denver. So, yeah. there it is. Not no, let's just let's just table it. <laughs> let's talk about 2021, the quarterback situation for 2021 for the Broncos. He's not going to be a Bronco in 2021. Let's just A Aaron, you you done messed up. You're out, okay? So, Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater. Um we had <laughs> <laughs> oh god sorry here going over to the comments uh real quick we have uh oh, let's see I, I saw one up here i'm sorry guys I, I lost it um oh mobad says he was dream- he was disappointed because he was dreaming that he would come to denver which a lot of people were bud and i mean even those of us that were pounding the table for an aaron Rodgers to denver situation even we were like, it's still Aaron Rodgers. Like, if he comes to Denver, I'm not going to be upset. You know? Uh, that, and, and really, I think what the mental mindset of most fans in that scenario would be was the same thing that happened when Tebow was basically supplanted by Peyton Manning. Everyone was like, yeah, Tebow did awesome the year before. It's like, but we just landed Peyton Manning. You know, yeah. like, it, like, it's like one of those things. Even if he's like a quarter of what he was... The mental, the mental capacity and his ability to control the field is going to make up for a lot. And little did we know, he came back and, and frankly, the first two or three years, there was almost no difference between the Peyton of old and, and you know, where he yeah, was there. Yeah, no, no, I mean, like, it was, it was incredible. At all. Now, where you really started to see it was near the very, very back end of his time here. And as I understood it, he started losing quite a bit of feeling throughout his hand and his arm. 
um, especially his throwing arm. So, but nonetheless, Aaron Rodgers is not in the same boat as I as Peyton at all. I mean, he's so, had I mean, a pretty serious injury when he when he broke that clavicle, but you know that's healed up at this point. And as long as he doesn't take some massive hit, he's going to be okay. Agreed. Um, going down uh, in the comments, we have uh, hashtag Sassy Mundungus brought out by Mobad. Um, <laughs> because Mundungus is just being, as he always is, sassy in the comments. Um, so, so um, I guess I'm curious in terms of what people think of uh, about uh, you know Drew and uh, Teddy and kind of where where we think they're going to stack up. What we're interested in seeing. Um, no. Do we think there's going to continue to be a bit of a divide in training camp? Like, do we think that training camp is going to narrow that? You know team teddy and team drew or that we've seen in some of the pressers and some of the uh, news articles or do we think that training camp will kind of narrow that gap and, and make it more of a you know whoever wins wins and we'll go from there i think it's going to come down to preseason i mean we only have we only have three games you know they've taken away our fourth preseason game so uh vic fangio and his presser today was very very um cryptic on what his plan was to on how they're going to run the preseason because you know usually the third game is the dress rehearsal game and then the fourth game is just dudes just trying to make the roster you know um he was very cryptic as to what his plan was for that uh, my wife says i vote drew lock he was good at mizzou hopefully this will be his year for the broncos uh, my wife my wife and i are both uh die, die hard mizzou fans uh so can i jump in there water. You may. There was some interesting stuff. I may have been you uh, that brought it up in one of your Nothing Rhymes uh, podcasts, but I actually dug deeper into it. And if it was you, then good on you. If not, I heard that uh, and saw actually that Drew, in his only time in college where he had back-to-back offensive coordinators, his second year under the same OC was his mm-hmm. best year in college, and it wasn't even close. Oh, it was he. He broke records. Right. Granted, eventually, oh, 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 we got Glenn Hauser jumping in. Here he comes. The man, the myth, the legend himself, Glenn Hauser. I've been stretching. I've been stretching ready for the yeah. end of the show. Live for the, from the nursing home, Glenn Hauser. <laughs> You're not kidding, dude. <laughs> anyway. Sorry, no, I, was, uh, I was prepared for the glare. So the glare on. off the head? <laughs> um, I know better. <laughs> Sorry to uh, jump in late, guys. Oh, you're fine, Glenn. You're fine. We've actually had a pretty good talk so far. So, you know, and by the way, I don't know if you heard, but uh, we fired you the other day on Nothing Rhymes uh, because Dave Glassman stepped in in your role of, of telling us all the awesome history of players and stuff. And we were like, you know what? Glenn's fired. So Dave and I are definitely the old guys in the club. That's, for that's sure. right. <laughs> which is, which, thank you, Dave, which is great because, uh, you know, Somebody needs to under like nod in agreement when I say something that's you know pre nineties. So I appreciate that. <laughs> I I'm a I'm I'm a study on it. Okay, but I wasn't I wasn't there for it. But I'm a study on it. <laughs> so anyway, getting back to what we were talking about, Rich. No, you're completely right. Um, Drew Locks only two seasons with repeat with repeat systems. He went on to break he he at the time broke SEC records, which later went on to be broken by Joe Burrow. But you know, but you know that that was a great a great thing. Now I'm I'm hoping he can you know li- that lightning can strike again. I'm I'm very I, you know I've I've been pro lock for a long time because I've been watching him for so long. I was probably one of the biggest proponents or you know pr- uh, supporters of 
us drafting Drew Locke in the first place. I was hoping for it, and everybody else was like, no. But, you know, who knows what will happen with that. The only thing we know is that Vic Fangio did say today that Drew in his presser that Drew Locke will be getting the first snaps of camp. Um, and I think that's kind of overblown a little bit, if you don't mind me jumping in. No. It's because somebody has to be the first. And they said, why? And he goes, he's been here longer. He was here. His seniority. He actually used the word seniority. Yeah. So I think, you know, some, and Vic referenced, you know, some days it's going to be 50-50. Some days it's going to be 70-30. Don't be so consumed with what wide receivers are in. Uh, when a particular quarterback, we're going to be mixing and matching the wide receivers. And so if it looks like you see a, a wide receiver one in a certain position, don't read too much into it. So I think I think Vic's already trying to temper the <laughs> daily, uh, you know, uh, report card that we're all going <laughs> to still <laughs> ignore him and, and still go. Yeah, well, I'm not even sure that's that's 100. Like I agree with that, but I, I also think that Denver has a relatively deep wide receiver room, and so I also think that some of the wide receivers that we have here. We're going to want to see how they do with other with, with the other quarterbacks, and we're going to want to see other wide receivers in place to see if they can step up into a role. You know, for example, Cortland Sutton and uh, Tim Patrick are both uh, free agents after this year, so we're going to want to see what kind of depth we have at that position. So, training camp is a not such a bad time to start and look into those things uh, while we're practicing and kind of seeing who fits where, and more importantly, who do we think might creep onto the fifty-three in those last kind of roster spots. And and I think like, you know, Seth Williams and there's a few others that, that are in that kind of low, you know, that kind of early, early with us, but could they be contributors maybe in 2022 and beyond? And that's a good point, Rich, because we have to be very cautious about what young players we would normally be able to put on a, a practice squad, leave, a, leave exposed um, for other teams to pluck. Because we, we are very likely to lose Tim Patrick. I feel pretty confident about Cortland. Uh, Peyton actually referenced him today, referenced Chubb. It's it's quite refreshing, actually, to hear uh, a general manager say we, we want our homegrown guys to, to continue on with the team. You don't you didn't hear that with Owe. And um, he made it clear that he expects Cortland to be back. Um, Cortland was actually one of the people at the pressers today, the guy rocking a vest in July, yeah. which is... Uh, <laughs> Not many people can pull that off, but he did. And, uh, and Glenn Hauser, fashionista. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't have had a shirt on underneath, but you know, we, we, we all, you know, like we all have our preferences, I suppose. Well, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But Cortland said he'd love to be a Bronco for life. So I think I, I'm feeling the love with, uh, yes. you know, surrounding that player. So. I mean, and, and so looking back, Mundungus um, brought it up here. It looks like, you know, for the preseason, it's going to be Locke with one start. Based on what Vic said in his presser today, Locke with a start, Teddy with a start, and then a decision before game three is what he was kind of leaning towards, but he still didn't confirm anything. Um, which I would hope he, I would hope he's not just, you know, 100% just set on that and, and, and ready to, <laughs> and anything like that. I'd hope he'd have, you know, something of an open mind, you know, going, you know, continuing on, um, just because these, these two could end up neck and neck as far as, as the quarterback competition goes. If that happens, then Drew's one. I agree. Uh, if that happens, then Drew's one, because 
if, if Drew is neck and neck with Teddy, then that basically tells you that he's probably shown progression at that point. Because at that stage of the game, he has then taken some next steps forward simply because Teddy Bridgewater has um, a slightly better anticipatory throw than, than Drew has shown to date. Um, whereas Drew has shown that he has a stronger arm than Teddy to date. So if they are neck and neck, then that's showing that Drew has shifted his game a little bit more into more of the touch and feel stuff that is required in kind of a Shermer offense, which is kind of leading receivers, throwing guys open and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And to me, that would be huge. I mean, if Drew, if Drew could just take that step in the preseason to show that he has taken that much of a leap forward without having live bullets in NFL games, that's a win in and of itself for us as a team with a cost-controlled quarterback like Drew Locke. One of the things that um, uh, Vic actually mentioned, um, you know, today in regards to the, the, the competition is, uh, Oh my gosh! I just totally, totally lost my train of thought. Let's pull up a comment. Let's pull up Travis. <laughs> I, I was reading Travis's and I lost my Travis train of thought. Travis asked, "Do you back. guys know back. of a website or a way to stream all of the games that I can say on here without getting uh, gigged by the FBI?" Travis, no. But <laughs> Travis, I have a DM thing. Yes, hit me up in the DMs. I can. Help I you may out. or may not know how that is done, and I make no promises that I can feed you any viable information. Yeah, yeah. I, I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> I can say that there are some fun Bronco fan sites around the, the country, you know, even you know, it, even in small towns and somebody will prop their their phone up and you'll hear them chatting and and yeah. they'll they'll be showing the the broadcast. So that was um you know, unfortunately our, our neighbors trees don't allow us to get uh Sunday ticket anymore where I live. So um yeah. after a lot, have to be creative. I lost my Sunday ticket as well. So, yeah. Um, so uh, let's see. Yeah, and there you go. Dave Glassman said it right there. The 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 way that we can confirm is NFL Sunday ticket on Directv. Otherwise, you must. Otherwise, you must get creative, which means that we got to get creative in talking in in uh, DMs about the ways to get creative, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Last time Johnny uh, got creative in my DMs, I. I... I was mortified for days. Just saying. well, you know, it's you know, I I, I did it for you. I did it for you, <laughs> Boo Boo. I mean, if you didn't if you didn't like it, that's on you. Okay. I mean, I, I really thought I really thought that was the beard, but I never. Mind. <laughs> oh, 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 oh! I mean that. <laughs> wow, I uh, I got nothing. <laughs> McBoggins, I ain't paying no three hundred fifty bucks. Yeah. Agreed. I don't know if he's talking about Sunday ticket or what I do in the DMs, apparently. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Travis says I live in Arkansas and don't trust the local broadcast. Yeah, you definitely should. Not in Arkansas, buddy. <laughs> so, all right. So we can can so continuing to roll. So, um, you know, Drew Lock, Drew Lock, and Teddy. We haven't we haven't got to see them yet in training camp. I mean, they reported uh, they reported on Sunday. And now just can't. Now we're waiting for tomorrow so we can see some players on the field, getting some touches, getting some sna- you know some snaps, getting some moves. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> listen, so Johnny, what I, what I was what I just thought of what I was going to say with Vic and talking about the quarterbacks is he did make a point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh God, y'all, y'all, y'all disgusting. Y'all nasty. Y'all nasty. <laughs> that is a pricing investment, uh, pride-wise and uh, monetarily. By the way, no, but, I'm not, um, not ever, not ever. So, so uh, what what Vic was saying uh, that I when when I uh, got sidetracked, I apologize. Was that he was saying, you know what? Until they have any games, these yeah. quarterbacks know they're not getting hit. So it's really not a, a true testament to what's what their decision making is like or whatever because they know that that they're not going to even be touched um and so until we get those guys on a live field against real competition no one's going to know exactly the the state of the nation so to speak preseason preseason um (laughs) when dungus i should stream the game on my only fans (laughs) no no, I don't have an OnlyFans. Wife, I know you're watching this, and I know you know I don't have an OnlyFans. Y'all going to get me divorced. Stop it. <laughs> the game is projected on uh, Johnny's butt cheek. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, you don't want that. I ain't got a butt. It's like, for me, it's like back thighs. It's <laughs> there, There's not enough space. The crack is the half thigh. Yeah, okay. that's right. <laughs> uh, Dave asked what the country, my, my last name's origin is. Uh, Turkish. Dave, um, yeah, you would not know it looking at me, but Turkish. So, moving on. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm really glad I drove the uh, show into the ground since I've been on for the last you, you five really minutes. Have, Sorry about you really that, have. You really have. I mean, <clears throat> so we're just. I'm curious to see what your guys your guys thoughts are on this. If if Drew is currently slated to say start preseason game one, and Teddy preseason game you know two. If you start seeing Teddy leapfrog Drew and then get preseason game one, what are your guys' thoughts on whether or not is that something that we should be kind of radar up kind of thing as fans, or is that something you're just saying, hey, coaches just kind of wanted to see if progress could continue on and we shouldn't think anything of it? I, I'm not sure I fully understand your question. Well, I guess what I'm saying is if Teddy leapfrogs Drew as starting preseason game one, is that something that should signal to us as fans that Teddy has pulled ahead of Drew in the, uh, you know, competition, as it were? I think so much of this is going to evolve. You know, I, I feel like they're going, coming into this with with this set plan, you know, the 50-50, the this and that. But... Somebody has got to the likelihood that they're going to be so, you know, nose to nose and nose, uh, you know, for some period of time is is very slim in my opinion. I think it's mm-hmm. going to evolve and they're going to start giving Someone's guys. Someone's going to pull. Someone's going to pull and they're going to and they're going to realize we got to we got to get some reps for uh, for the person we think is probably in the lead at this point. Right. 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 Uh, yeah, okay, I'm sorry. You're going back off topic. My wife had had she brought it in. Johnny has no butt. That's true. But those calf muscles I do have. That's right. I do have calf muscles that, that make women quiver. I'm just saying. <laughs> That's fun. Um, I need to get to the gym and squat. My wife has called me out. I would squat if I could, Dave, but I have a crippled ankle. That's that's why the butt disappeared. <laughs> it's hard. I, I can't support much weight on the ankle, unfortunately, due to severe nerve damage in my left ankle. Um, 
<clears throat> so I'm handicapped. It's awful. Okay. You want to fight about it? Like <laughs> <laughs> quiver, <laughs> Robert Roy ball, quivering calf muscles. <laughs> that it. can be your, uh, that can be your, like, you know, we had suffer and suck attach. That could be <laughs> quivering calf muscles. <laughs> quivering calf muscles. <laughs> <laughs> when Doug is a woman's quiver is a man's dry heave. Oh, well, you would know, wouldn't you, boss? Anyway, so let's continue talking football for a minute and get off my uh, off my butt and calf muscles. So oh. if I can interject, we, we've spoken a fair amount of offense. Yes. What are we looking for in the defense side of the ball uh, in the training camp? What, what, like, are, are there any, you know, well, actually, I mean, for starters, we found out that the, uh, the two rookie uh, safeties that we drafted uh, were put on the COVID list. Um, well, uh, yeah, there so, were. one safety, one cornerback. Yeah, I was gonna say one safety, one cornerback, and who was the other one? Yeah, Isn't there another right. one? No, no, there wasn't another one on the COVID list. We have three on the pup, three on the pup, Start. two and two on the COVID list, right? Right. What what I think with defense, I mean, what I'd like to think is just uh, no injuries, no soft tissue injuries, no serious injuries at, in training camp and enter the the first game um healthy that's my defense training camp uh also it'll be very interesting to see when browning gets out there sternod i'd like to i'm excited to see him literally about to ask you about browning do you think browning glenn will be ready to to play in the preseason at least i when we had mario on and we referenced him being on the uh the pup he you know he has sources uh all over the place and he actually referenced that uh, Browning particularly and said that his sources tell him he's going to be fine. And Vic actually referenced uh, Browning being that he'd be he'd be good to go as well. All right. So I mean that I mean that's that's what you hope for. That's what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> total domination, Richie. <laughs> so um, I mean, as far as the, I feel like we kind of already know what to expect, somewhat from our secondary at least. Um, no one. <laughs> oh, Lord Boggins. No one practice. Just walk around until Giants game. I have PTSD from last season. Can't take any more injuries. That's right. Yes. Yes. Welcome to the PTSD uh, club, buddy. Um, <laughs> but I, I think we kind of know what to, what we can expect right now from our secondary. I mean, again, we, I, I hate the words on paper. I got, I hate hearing it. On paper, on paper, on paper, the Broncos. No, I, I get so sick of hearing that. But I mean, that's really the only thing you can say is that on paper, the Broncos have the top defense in the NFL, at least the top secondary. <clears throat> but I agree with you, Glenn, besides expecting and knowing that we have what we have on on paper, preventing injuries and re-injuries to those players is the most important thing for this training camp, from in my opinion. All right, and so on that note, what do you oh, think's been ahead. done differently? So, so I mean, I, I don't disagree, right? Glenn called it out. You called it out. I'm, I concur. And, you know, the last thing we want is Boggins to start, like, shivering in a corner somewhere. Um, so, <laughs> Charlie was everywhere. Curtain, the trees. You know, yeah. um, Charlie so, was everywhere. The trees started talking. I mean, yeah. he's going to be on Thursday in the corner of his bathtub, let alone just standing in front of the shower curtain. Um, so, so with the water at, on. Though, yeah, with the water on to kind of soothe himself, right? But, um, 
But, you know, looking forward ahead in terms of what we're looking at this for training camp here, what do you think we have done differently to prevent those injuries as a team collectively? So, you know, last off season, I think a lot of people were saying, well, I had nothing better to do. So I, all I did was work out fine, but we had so many soft tissue injuries. I mean, I, I honestly can't remember a team yeah. that had that many ACL, MCL injuries on one team ever. So with well, I mean, that like, in mind, those what aren't, have those we aren't done differently soft tissue injuries. It? ACL, MCL aren't necessarily soft tissue injuries, but lower body injury. Sure, which I'll, was I'll ran rampant. Sure, lower any you know waist down injuries sure. to the from the waist down. This last season ran rampant. It was like somebody slipped something into into like the water supply, and everybody's legs were just destroyed or something. You know, um, you know I I, I like what Mundungus just literally just brought up here because I think this is what he's doing to change it is. I think it's more of how Fangio's changed practices to limit injuries. He he fully kind of you know alluded to the fact that he overpracticed last season. He probably pushed him a little bit too hard. And there's you know I, I feel inclined to agree. I don't know about you, Glenn or Rich, but well, I go to our two historians here on the pod, and and Dave and Glenn. Uh, <laughs> and I don't mean that they're so old that they're part of history. All that. Might yes, be you do. Too. Don't don't um, don't lie but, to don't lie to him. But uh, you know, like I was saying earlier, as I cannot remember a time where I saw that many lower body injuries on one team in one season, especially with us. There was one game I think we lost three or four guys in one game with almost identical injuries. So, with that in mind. You know, wh- where are you at, Glenn? I, I honestly think last year was such a disaster, such a fluke. I mean, when Mario also last week mentioned, you know, his father had been involved with the NFL and with players for, for 50 years. Yeah. And he had never seen an injury like Vaughn's. It was just such a fluke thing. It was unprecedented. And that was almost the beginning of of the, the the landslide at that point you know he, he we were so excited i mean I, I remember mhrt started right at at that time there was so much optimism and then after von's injury I, we had the the pod that night and it was like a death in the family it was just it was so awful and then it was just <laughs> the beginning of the uh of the the flurry of injuries that that came and um so i think that Vic is being smarter. I think that uh, having steady practices and having a scheduled mini camps and and actually being in person and having these other, you know, maybe some of the restrictions lifted. I think all of that plays in, in into a positive, uh, I mean, positive environment. I agree. I mean, like I've said it, I've said it several times on several shows. Last season was Murphy's Law for the Broncos was Murphy's Law meets Perfect Storm. Everything that could go wrong went wrong, and it went it went wrong as badly as it could go. It just just fell apart, and like you said, landslide. It was it started with a with a trickle, and it just rushed down the hill and took everything with it. You know, so, and before we get to Tony's, it, when things are going bad, you know, I was fine with things going very bad at that point because would you rather have the 16th pick or would you rather have the ninth? 
and we wouldn't have gotten Patrick Sertan. We wouldn't have had some of the leverage that we, you know, to, to move up and get some of these other players. And, Pookie Williams. And, uh, yeah. Very yeah, Pookie. I Williams. mean, I think, I think this. And then we wouldn't have that name for Isaiah either, you know. That's I mean. right. <laughs> That's right. Who is still who is still on his honeymoon? So he's still hut hut hiking, um, you know, wherever he is right now. Is that what they call it now? That is exactly what we're calling it. So right now, now he's called uh, Nuki Henderson. <laughs> nu- <No>. Nuki Henderson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I changed the pronunciation to Nookie Ryan. Knight. Nuki Knight. Nuki Knight. Nuki Knight. Oh, there you go. The dark nookie rises. Uh, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I, I know you're going to see this later, buddy. You know I love you, and I hope you and, and the wife are having a wonderful honeymoon. I, I want everyone to, to to send Isaiah a quick tweet when they get off of this. The dark nookie rises. That is spectacular. It needs to be a thing. I want to see it everywhere. It is awesome. That is, yes. So, uh, uh, Tony Williams on Facebook. I, it's a name I don't. I'm sorry, Tony. Hold on, I'm I'm busy like trying not to not to cry from laughing so hard. This is Tony's first and last question. He just yes, I was gonna say I don't recognize Tony Williams. So, Tony, welcome to Broncos Talk and welcome to MHRT Podcasts. We're happy to have you in here. Uh, speaking about injuries, anyone else as concerned about the tight end room depth? Albert O is weeks away. Should Fant go down vigorously knocking on wood, there goes tight end production. Uh, yeah, some, but I don't know. You want, would you feel this one, Glenn? I want to see what you think. Uh, I, we definitely need a good solid number three. Um, yeah. Especially with Albert O. I mean, Tony's point is, is absolutely perfect. I mean, Noah Fant looks like he's going to have a massive breakout. You know, just uh, when Nick Kendall was talking to us, he was even saying, you know, boy, Noah looks big in those pads. And they're like, they don't have shoulder pads on today. <laughs> he's just massive. And you see him running up red rocks. And, and uh, you know, I haven't heard much about Albert's uh, when he's going to be back. But we do need a solid uh, tight end. And I'm not looking for one that's more of a, a fullback. I'm looking for someone that can has some blocking ability, but we can count on in the receiving end because injuries are going to happen. And fans are hard to been come healthy. by, especially this time of the season, though. Glenn. Right. I mean, you might right. get a good, you might get a tight end that's good in the, you know, as a route runner and 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 as a pass catcher. But generally speaking, at least at right. this point, you, you're going to get either or. No. So uh, let, let me ask you that then. So if we had to pick a tight end. If like we 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 needed our number a number three tight end to go behind Alberto and Noah Fan, and we needed him, and we and, and he whoever it was only had one skill set that was strong, which would either be you know um, run blocking, pass you know or pass blocking, or receiving. Which one do you think we need the most? I. It- I mean, I would like a, a well-rounded player, but if I, at this point, I think we would have to get, and I, it goes counter to what I just said, because um, I do think that we need receiving help from a, from the tight end standpoint if someone goes down. But with the, it's got to be run blocking because with the, I know I saw that. That's why. I said, <laughs> Where's Virgil? Like, let's bring him back. 
God. There's going to be a huge uh, running game focus this year, especially Absolutely. with Monte. So I think we Mookie. do we do need a uh, a run block tight end. Well, we have uh, Eric right, right. Silver and Sean Bayer. Um, I've heard pretty good things actually about both who were signed as I think both as UDFAs or or at least as uh, street free, free agents. Yeah. Um, one may have been one, and one was the other. I think, but uh, I've heard really good things about both. The, I, I, I get the two crossed all the time and it's going to take me a while to sort the two out. The one that we ha- that we signed as a UDFA apparently is a really good hybrid of the two. He's both pass catching and um, run blocking. So he may actually fit the bill, Glenn, in terms of something that you're interested in. Mm-hmm. Now he fell to UDFA, so you can kind of take that with a grain of salt, I guess, in terms of like kind of those types of reports. But... I mean, if you can get a tight end that can step in and step up and fill in like a number three role as a UDFA, yeah. man, you have hit the ball out of the park. It's what you need. Yeah, I mean, I mean that is that's that's impeccable. Talk about cost control and production combined, right? Right. With buyer from Iowa, I mean, you see oh, Iowa yeah. and tight end, you just, I mean, hello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is there is there a, is there a school with a better track record for one position in the NFL right now uh, than Iowa? I think Iowa and tight end Michigan has some some good tight end history too. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> quick sidebar. This is Tony Williams. Quick sidebar. Love this podcast. Long time listener. First time questioner. I live eight miles from Giant Stadium and used to cover the G Men. Happy to be here and I'll be at and I will be at the Hall of Fame and oh, season sweet. opener. Wow. Oh, congratulations. Tony, yeah, what town do you live? Fantastic. Uh, in Jersey. Oh. Well, it's nice, it's nice to meet you, Tony. Um, yeah, thank you. For sure. I'm I'm going to go way way back actually at the beginning cuz I realized that I missed a comment that was one of our first comments of the show. And I want to bring it up because I because I want him to keep coming back. Travis Tarbox. I hope you're still watching, my friend. I'm finally, after 35 years of being a Broncos fan, going to my first ever home game. I got tickets for the Ravens game, toured the stadium, but never a home game. I'm happy for you, brother. Congratulations. Have, fun. Have a blast. It is. there. I, I have been to home games and away games for the Broncos, and I'm going to tell you right now, it does not matter how many away games you've gone to. You have not lived until you've been in the sea of orange it's it's uh, it's unca- it's such a unique uh fan base uh at the home games it's I incredible i can't i've actually lost count the number of times that i got asked by the locals there from denver where i was from because my <laughs> accent was weird um so it was it was great uh oh but, man what's uh, that about like <laughs> i don't know what that's a boot um plus he was carrying uh, a hockey stick no this is a boot <laughs> yes but uh, so, I mean, fun story. I, my wife and I actually went to a Broncos game for our honeymoon. And um, the funny the funny part about that is that the cheerleaders were throwing up those, like, you know, those little foam balls. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy behind me thought he was going to be able to pull the ball out of my hand. Um, he almost fell over the seat. Uh, as I ripped him over the seat with the ball still in my hand, um, he quickly found out right quick that that was not a good idea. I mean, you're, you're Me- a six foot two rugby player. I mean, that did not did he not like take one look at you and go, nah. Well, meanwhile, the child neck, that uh, here, my, my neck is is like. <laughs> 
Meanwhile, the child that the cheerleader was originally throwing it to is sitting there uh, crying, <laughs> watching these two men wrestling. So, oh. Tony's from Montclair. I, I uh, my family's all from Jersey. So, the, thanks uh, okay. for coming, Rivervale and Livingston and Old Japan. So, okay, real quick, I'm gonna bring this one up. Dave Glassman, uh, Dave, our buddy Dave Gla- Full Glassman asks, "How are we still stuck at 299 subs? WTF? Come on, guys, help us out a bit here. We have been well, like literally." Since That's because every time we make fun of Isaiah, he unsubscribes just to oh, out, of, out of spite. Poor Pookie. <laughs> no, we, we've legitimately been stuck at 299 subs for like the last three days. Like, come on, y'all. Let's just break. Let's bust 300. Let's do it. So Travis going to the Ravens game, I think that's going to be the best home game of the season. So I agree. congratulations. Hey, that's exciting, Travis. He says he's been to Arrowhead three times because oh. he grew up in Chiefs territory. Was super excited to go to a home game and he despises the Chiefs, which chefs, should be. Chefs. Yes. Which yeah, the chefs. <laughs> which should be the uh the the general consensus of all Broncos fans is we despise the Chiefs. <laughs> so anyway, all right, so back to training camp. Um do you th- what do you think is going to um what we might see emerge as far as coaching goes? And you know now that now that we'll have a real training camp, real chances for these coaches to actually get hands on the players, to get eyes on the players, and to actually coach the players. Because last last season we really had a very abbreviated, you know, training camp. And so, so what do you think is going to change coaching wise? Do you think we're going to see some improvements in the in the problem areas, or what do you what do you what do you guys think, Rich? Um. Well, I think our defensive side of the – I'm actually very happy with our defensive side of the ball. Uh, Ed I think there's been a few and... minor tweaks there with regards to some of the guys getting poached for defensive coordinator positions. So that'll be interesting just to see if the quality there make, maintains. I think it will because I believe Vic holds those uh, – I mean, the ones that left are the ones that he are, are, are kind of his bread and butter. So I actually think that that will, will hold true to kind of his standard of play. What will be very, very interesting for me – is offensive side of the ball as well as the special teams. I actually wonder, since special teams coordinator was really the only position that kind of survived <laughs> in through Vic, I wonder if I wonder if that's going to be the position that kind of you know goes the way of the dodo first, if it struggles still. And it, and and really, if it does struggle, then I think that that'll be really interesting because that'll show, in my opinion at least, that the back end depth. Is, is perhaps struggling a little bit in terms of whether it be discipline or athleticism. Because to me, the teams that have the best special teams typically also have really good depth on the roster. That's fair. I mean, I, don't, I personally don't understand how Tom McMahon still has a job. <laughs> right. But So um, I don't know if you want to pull up any comments or, or if you want me to roll in. But Oh, the, go uh, ahead. Go right ahead. Pull up some comments. Uh, uh, offensive coordinator... I think the fact that we're, we're getting a second year, any sort of continuity is not going to hurt at all. Uh, special teams, you know, that's the one that that is the mystery for all of us that the, he, he has survived. But one thing that Peyton has done is he's brought in players on the uh, from the draft um, <laughs> and also from free agency that have a, a high special teams, um, you know, a, a high special teams uh, talent level. 
And so the excuses for McMahon, maybe not having the personnel, have gone by the wayside as far as I'm concerned. So that'll be yeah. very interesting to see what happens. <laughs> I mean, you know, and I'm hoping, really hoping. Now, so. I would love to see, <clears throat> you know, I mean, I don't know if we're going to see it. But I would hope to see that Pat Shermer learns how to how to utilize his personnel better. I mean, you know, he's got this this time he you know he can't use the didn't have enough time to put my entire playbook into effect. No, you have you had all the time in the world this season, this offseason to make that happen with your players. We are at three hundred. We've broken three hundred. We'll pull up Mike's comments from right under Mile High Five. Let's see. Yeah, so. I'm going to subscribe for all my kids and subscribe for all my future kids. I mean, quite honestly, there's our quest for a thousand right there. Yeah, right I mean, there. <laughs> Antonio Cromartie looks at Mike and goes, that dude has wow. a lot of kids. Like, <laughs> breeds like a Catholic rabbit. Anyway. <laughs> oh, I'm never, I'm never going to load that one down. But anyway, like I want to see, I want to see Pat Shermer. You, you know, since he now has a full offseason with full offseason activities, full training camp, utilize his personnel. I mean, for the love of God, I swear, if I do not see Noah Fant utilized very well, we Pat Shermer may end up kidnapped somewhere towards the beginning of the season. I'm just saying. He has, I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, he, this has been it, that has been one of the most frustrating things for me. I don't know about you guys, but that has that has been so frustrating well, for me. Well, aside from Philip Lindsay, what are your frustrations with with Shermer? Where do you think he fell short on the personnel I mean, side? That really, honestly, it was it was it was Philip Lindsay and it was Noah Fant. I felt like he um, fell yeah, short with. The, with <laughs> but the the targets for tight end were some of the highest in the NFL. Yeah, I don't know, but I don't think maybe the play calling. With that, I don't know. Man, so that's how I felt. So if I can oh, jump I, in, we saw multiple games where Noah Fant was just forgotten about in the second half of football games. Mm-hmm. Um, so as much as I agree with you that we had a high volume of tight end targets, 100%, I agree. But it's not so much that they were targeted. It was when they were targeted, how they were targeted, and that sort of thing. So yeah. it's almost like he... It's almost like he chose to use a tight end as like almost like a decoy in maybe the second half of certain games. And that just doesn't work. You need to leverage the, the weapons that you have. When you have a guy like Noah Fant on your team on a rookie deal who is at the peak of his athleticism, use him properly. Just like uh, Albert O, the same thing. For whatever reason, they said, well, he's, he's a rookie, he's young, maybe he can't work out or we won't put him in right away like what first few games he went in you're like um why wasn't he playing all season again so again there's there's certain things that we were doing as a team on the offensive side of the ball where we were not leveraging the player and personnel that we have and then i think we can also point to if i if i can kind of go a little bit further on this um look at what happened in the miami game and the carolina game when we started pulling our guards so we have athletic linemen on the offensive line Mm-hmm. Uh, Reisner, um, even Glasgow to a certain extent, um, and Muti is athletic. You know, uh, he's strong. As I really can't wait to see more of him. He's just he's just an animal. But again, we have athletic linemen that can actually shimmy and move and actually push people off the ball. We didn't start doing that until very late in the season, and when we started doing it, we started seeing a better run game that we were struggling with earlier in the season. 
those are a couple things on my list that I think that Shermer should have done better uh, further along. And oddly enough, the, those pulling of the guards, that's more of a Munchak style of offense in terms of run game. So I do wonder if at some point um, Shermer was forced into doing something, and I wonder if Munchak had more of a, a role. Could be. Yeah. Interesting. Oh. It could be. All good points. Why do I feel like you would love to have played uh, rugby on the same team as Moody? Oh, he's he and I would have got along swimmingly. Let me tell <laughs> you that swimming. right now. <laughs> yeah, until you got until in practice you had to go up against him in the scrum, buddy. I've been fine with that. <laughs> I mean, I, I'd love to see you manhandled by by Antonio Moody. <laughs> I would love to see that. I would. Oh, Richie, Rich, Richie, Rich versus Natani Moody scrum. Like, oh my god, I'd be, I'd be like sitting there taking pictures and filming and being there's a little cheerleader football sitting in between them as the prize <laughs> yes the, the one thing that threw a lot of people off when i was playing is i i, I only have a 30 inch inseam in my leg uh but i'm six foot two wow so, tiny so, legs so i i am i am i have a very low center of gravity which makes me very put uh very difficult to push over and i'm That's great fair. in this grow That's he's like fair. a scarecrow yeah <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I have short legs as well. Um, I can't compare with rugby. I, I played intramural rugby in college, but I was not on like an actual rugby team. But I can say that for sure that like when I get to work at my job right now at 911, whenever I go to sit in the chair, whoever's been sitting there before me almost every time I like I, I sit down and I'm like, oh, man, I lean back. My feet are like, <laughs> so I have to lower the chair down because my legs are so short. <laughs> But um, can you have a coworker film that tomorrow, please? No, I will not. But thanks for, <laughs> thanks for playing. <laughs> uh, I keep I keep uh, you know work and, and personal life separate there, pal. Anyway. Ah. <laughs> Tony Williams. Speaking of Shermer, whom I dealt with during his G-Men tenure, can anyone explain to me why he didn't utilize more wide receiver screens to Judy during those times he struggled with drops? Simple plays to get him go- get him going and gain confidence. And Fant was ignored too much as well, especially in the second halves. So, I mean, what do you, I mean, I, I agree. I kind of thought about that too. Like we didn't see very many in the, very much in the way of screen passes. We or, saw one in like week 11 or 12 or yeah. 13. And we didn't see, we, we saw, I don't think we saw, did we even see anything in the, in the way of sweeps? Uh, well, when we, we had the season. screen pass, they actually talked about it. They referenced it themselves. They like, they were patting themselves on the back. We had a screen right. pass. And I'm like, yeah. the, the New England Patriots have, <laughs> have won championships on the screen pass, you know? Yeah, to the, it's, uh, it's one of my, it's, but that's I, a very I, good point about Judy. Yeah. You know, we did see him at the end of the year. He broke out for that that 90-plus uh, touchdown, and that was on a short play that he, yeah. that he um, you know, then did all the, 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 no pun intended, legwork and got in the end zone. Yeah. I am interested in hearing where Tony, what his uh, job was and, and what, where he was – Writing yes, and covering the team. Tony, I'm very you drop it in the comments for me? How what what your job was when you were covering, when you were dealing with the G Men? <laughs> um, Boggin says to Rich over here, Natani Muti would throw you across <laughs> oh, yeah, the oh, turf. Yeah. <laughs> yep. says, now, "Great yeah. show, guys." Um, and and, Mindug- and Boggin did say Fant had second highest targets outside of Judy. Yeah, yes, he did. I, I, I think though, Boggins, I still agree with Rich in, in that I think it has to do with the, when when he was targeted and how he was targeted. Um, 
Oh, listen to this. Here we go. Oh, my number is still 911. All righty then. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I, Dave, uh, you, you, you just made my night. <laughs> you, you just made my night with an Ace Ventura reference. Um, All right, Dave also the- says, my uh, Mike, Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday is not enough. Well, I mean, I don't know what you guys think. I wish I wish we could be on more often, but, uh, you know, I have a life. <laughs> we could uh, we could do the Johnny Road show, you know, as he's tooling no, around the country. No, yeah. I don't want to do that again. Okay, it was it was a thing that had to happen because I was I was on a trip with my family. I didn't have a choice. This is what it's supposed to be. Okay, I don't need to be on the road again. That I, I did not enjoy going back and rewatching afterwards and seeing myself be like, so then yeah, whatever that. Well, when Johnny kept asking his wife, are we there yet? I thought that was a little much. But well, you know. <laughs> Listen to that. So Tony Williams says, I covered the Giants for eight seasons and the Knicks for 10 at Metro New York News. Oh, that's awesome, Tony. Wow. Dude. That's super cool. That is really Tony, cool. one of these times, I want to have you on as a guest because I want to talk to you about what it was like being a, a beat reporter for uh, – Two pro sports teams, and you like, should see if he's available right before the season starts. <clears throat> yeah, we can look into that. So, Tony, uh, hit me up in uh, in DMs or Messenger or whatever. We will we will talk. All right. And so, I was kidding um, about Johnny's DMs, so don't don't be. Uh, yeah, no, don't I'm, be not, I'm not don't filthy. Be I'm not filthy. Glenn's the filthy one. He just pushes it <laughs> off on other people, and then he goes and eats his oatmeal, drinks his Metamucil, and and they and they call lights out at the at the. Uh, at the old folks' home, and he crawls into bed with the you know, his bed with the nice side rails. The nice the night nurse hasn't uh, filled my water bottle yet, but <laughs> no, but she did empty your 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 bedside urinal. So yes, congratulations, buddy. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, there we go, Tony. Um, yeah, hit me up. Find me on Facebook, um, Johnny Baki. Find me on Facebook uh, since that seems to be your your where where you are uh, interacting with us. And we will talk about getting you on the show sometime soon. Okay, brother? So, I mean, I think we all, I think we, we generally agreed on the offensive side is that, I mean, one thing that Shermer does need to do is look at not just how he utilizes players, when when he utilizes players is equally as important um, in, in that respect as well. And uh, we actually had some consensus here in the chat as well with some other, you know, folks agreeing with us there. Um, you know, some other things that are interesting is just Shermer's general uh, change in terms of offensive scheme. I think that may have also be one of the reasons why we saw Miners brought in because he seems to generally fit a little bit better in terms of that kind of like power run style game. Am I the only one that still feels like like Shermer's scheme is so 2003? Like oh you're, you're going two thousand that's being generous I had him in the nineties but yeah, yeah I feel like I'm the guy saying. gets a bad rap I really do I, 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 I okay I'm not saying that he's not capable yeah I'm just saying I feel like when you when you look at his scheme so much of it could have been would, would have been good to run back with you know back with Jake Plummer or or Brian Greasy back in the early two thousands but but nowadays. I feel like it's just it's not quite up to par completely. Like I think I think he's working his way into it, but he's just not. I don't feel like he's where we need, where he needs to be. I mean, let's be honest. Outside of injuries, our biggest problem on offense was uh, quarterback decision making being poor. I mean, and 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 yeah, the, 
I mean, I, I don't want to speak the obvious, but and then what's going to happen is if, if if the same thing happens this year, remember the animosity, remember the stories about the defense flipping out in the locker room and getting all and, uh, you know, going after the offense because they were constantly putting them back on the field um, and not giving them an opportunity to rest. And then, you know, that's probably how some of those injuries happened where the guys kept being bounced back on. And you're certainly yeah. not going to be able to, uh, you know, when you're out there 40 minutes a game, how effective can you possibly be even if you have the I most mean, talent? I, I'll give you that. And I mean, and, and as I recall, even Shelby Harris was one of the guys that was getting in the offensive fa- offense faces. Probably. And, and Shelby is one of the, like from everything I've read, heard, mm-hmm. and said, you know, I, Shelby's the nicest guy on the team. He doesn't, he doesn't have, he does not usually have, you know, harsh words with anybody. Well, there's got to be yeah. something said because no one wants him to date their daughter. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think he's the biggest. He's not. He, I, I've I've heard he's the nicest guy, but he's also the biggest ball buster. So they take yeah, any chance is. they can get to he's, he's uh, a, to, ju- to to give him a hard time. I mean, because they couldn't wait. So so oh Boggins, here you go again. Look, you, you, you stop. I'm just kidding. You're right. Remember when Daniel Jones <laughs> had better stats than Drew Locke in Shermer's offense with less weapons. Okay. All right. Dave Dave says, cheers, Boggs. I'll give it to you. I'll give that to you. I will. I hate to say it, but I'll give it to you. I know. We've become a fan base that is completely adverse to the actual facts of the situation. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, we, we, we loved the facts when Drew was four and one in the last five, you know, had the killer game, you know, when we were telling the, the truth about that. But then when he was not doing his reads and throwing the ball to the opposition and and being ranked outside the top 32 quarterbacks when there are only 32 teams. I mean, <laughs> listen, the best um, the best thing, and we keep saying it, the best thing that can happen to this team is if Drew snaps out of it and has an unbelievable year and we haven't given up uh, star players and we have all of these, uh, these studs that we, you know, on both sides of the ball. So can I can I just play yeah, the devil's I want to play devil's advocate to that. Okay. So if that's the case, and we went four one at the end of the year, then why did we get rid of Scangarello? Why did we bring in Pat Shermer when you had your clear heir apparent that was coming in the the like the, the next year in twenty twenty? No one knew there was going to be a pandemic, right? But we had the we had a we had a, a clear connection between Drew Lock doing we'll say fairly well given the fact that he played so such a limited amount of time our record sh- surely showed you know that it was relatively successful and we saw dare i say far more creativity out of a scangarello offense than we saw out of a Shermer offense now it may not have always connected and it may not have always worked but we did see plays that were more creative we saw more um productive plays and we saw better run game so why why wouldn't we have kept with Scangarello instead of moving on and potentially putting Drew Locke at a disadvantage and moving on? Yeah. Ron says it right there. Scangarello was I'm not fully convinced of that, but that's fine. But he was so conservative. He didn't to me, I didn't think that here's a here's a really inventive uh play caller. I saw a guy that was so conservative that in the you know in the in the game where Locke won the his first one against the Chargers, um Scangarella wanted to kneel and go into overtime, and Vic said, "No, we are putting it up there and hoping for either a catch, um, and and a field goal, or a pass interference and a field goal." And he pulled uh, Vic 
the defensive coordinator or defensive minded coach pulls rank on the offensive coordinator who wanted to kneel in that instance. And what ended up happening? Pass interference, field goal, Drew gets his first win. Yeah. Um, and also Scangarella, and you know, I, I have no hatred to the guy. I just don't think he was very, very good. He lasted one year at his next job, too. So yeah, I mean it's I think like- I think he was I think he was a good fit for Locke alone. <laughs> like for whatever yeah. reason, he and Locke clicked, but he didn't click very well with the rest of the team. And with and with the other rest of the coaching staff. Um, well, hey guys, it looks like we're pretty well out of time. We're at an hour and 22 minutes, so we need to start to roll it back. This has been an excellent uh, episode of Broncos Talk. I've had a lot of fun. I don't know about you guys, but yes, it's been a blast. Um, <laughs> Great, thank you. I, I, I always enjoy a chance to, to interact with Glenn because I get to do so, so rarely. And I'm pretty sure that uh, Rich feels the same way. <laughs> Neither one I would like to say the same thing. G- Glenn and I haven't been on the same pod together since uh, my my first uh, podcast with the MHRT guys. This is really the first <laughs> time me and I have, have been on screen and shared it at the same time. False. So awesome. great. That's you, not, that's Sorry, not I was true. Late. That's not entirely true because all seven of us were on at following the draft the, the, this year. No, for a while. My connection, I don't count that because I didn't wasn't able to stay on for longer than five minutes. Of this. <laughs> right, but <laughs> anyway. I, I so, Glenn, down. thank you for joining us on Broncos Talk tonight to fill the the very large shoes left by a six foot ten Mexican. Uh, <laughs> but uh, guys, this has been Broncos Talk. As 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 I said at the beginning, we are a fan based Broncos podcast that goes live every Tuesday night at six five or sorry at seven six five four on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. We thank you guys for joining us tonight. It's been an absolute blast. If you have not already, please subscribe, like you know, uh, like follow, share, hit that notification bell so you know when we go live. All right, share it out to your friends so that we can get out there with. So we can get out there to 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 a bunch of other Broncos fans. We want to grow this family. We want to grow it quickly. We are on. You guys ready for this? We're going to do the the quest for a thousand. We are on a quest. For 1,000 subscribers. All right. So let's get the let's continue to build this family, guys. We cannot wait to talk to or to, to see what, what this training camp has in store. Do not miss our other shows. Thursday night, MHRT Podcast, our flagship podcast, goes live at 7654 on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. And this week, the guys, Mundungus, our, our special guest host tonight, uh, Glenn Hauser, Mr. Boggins, and a 6'10 Mexican who couldn't make it here tonight. We'll, we'll be live with special guests from the Denver Broncos, Ryan Edwards. I can't wow. wait. I mean, I, I, so uh, I mean, uh, uh, I can't, I can't wait for that. So please, please subscribe. Do not miss. Do not miss the Thursday night show of MHRT podcast. And then this following Sunday, do not miss myself and Isaiah because he will be back. Myself and Isaiah with Nothing Rhymes with Orange and Blue podcast with special guest Cameron Parker of Mainly Broncos podcast and Predominantly Orange. Guys. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Glenn's clapping. Yes, 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 yes. 
It has been an absolute blast being with you guys tonight. We can't wait to see you on Thursday. Go Broncos, and we must do the Mile High Five. All right? Are you guys ready? I'm in. All right, here we go. We're going to do it right. Remember, remember, Rich? It's one, two, it's Mile High Five clap, right? How long are they? Here we go. Here we go. Mile High Five! Yes! All right, we love you, Broncos country, and we will see you again this Thursday night for our first reactions to actual training camp. We are out. <laughs>